episode 201 of the HHH Racing Podcast is proudly sponsored by the Adelphi Racing Club. The Adelphi Racing Club is a partnership in every sense of the word, not a syndicate, and our members are treated like partners, not investors. If you're interested in joining a group of like-minded individuals, like myself, and having a truly interactive ownership experience, we are the right fit for you. Adelphi offers a variety of partnership options, including yearlings, two-year-olds in training, private purchases, and claiming options. Join the club today and get in contact through email with the racing manager, Matt Cuter, at matt at adelphiracing.com. Again, matt at adelphiracing.com. This podcast is also sponsored by Hawthorne Racecourse. Hawthorne Racecourse, Chicago's hometown track. And by the fantastic fantastic fantasy horse racing game, Stable Duel. You've picked your power forward. Your all-star receiver keeps scoring. Now it's time to race across the finish line and put even more points on the board. Download the Stable Duel app and get in on the thrill of horse racing. Choose your horses, your jockeys, your track, and win thousands in daily games competing against other players. Move up the annual leaderboard and bring home real cash prizes daily. Get in the game with Stable Duel. Play. Race. Win. And now, let's start episode 201 of the HHH racing podcast good evening and welcome to episode 201 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks for joining us. Can you feel the excitement? Can you feel the energy? Can you feel the vibes? 48 hours, folks. Actually, 72 hours. It feels like 48. I'm so excited. But we have less than three days away from Breeders' Cup 2022. And tonight, we are here to talk about Breeders' Cup Friday. We're here to talk about the Friday five juvenile races, the stars of tomorrow. It's going to be an unbelievable day of racing with these babies going at it on the turf, on dirt, going short, going long. And we have an expert panel here to talk about the races with you. Thanks for joining us. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. We have exploded with subscribers, people watching. We cannot thank all of you enough. I've been looking through our Breeders' Cup shows. Almost everyone has more than 2,000 views. Fantastic. We, we just increasing. We really appreciate your viewership. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at H Kravitz and at the bottom of the screen on the scroll, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. After you hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell so that you know when new content uh, will arise on the show. And then smash that like button. We'd really appreciate if you hit the like button. That indicates that YouTube, this is a great show and people uh, will be suggested to watch it. Also, if we don't talk about your comments or if you have any general comments, below the video player, below the video player after the show or the next few days, 
feel free to comment anything you like, dislike about the show, uh, questions you have about the Breeders' Cup that we don't have a chance to answer, please do that. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor as well. Uh, we have uh, a quick promo I want to talk about, Power Picks. We've had a lot of new subscribers. Thank you very much to the Power Picks. Folks, I've seen people charge for the Breeders' Cup picks 25 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. I've talked about it all week. We here at the HHH Racing Podcast, we are not going to upcharge people for the Breeders' Cup. I don't want to do that to you folks. We care about you. We're not going to do that. Our power picks are $16 for the entire month, and you receive them every Saturday. But because the Breeders' Cup's going on this weekend, the power picks are going to be sent out Thursday. So Thursday, like noon. If you want to get the power picks specifically for the Breeders' Cup, you really need to sign up like ASAP in the next 24 hours. And it's only four bucks because it's four bucks a weekend, and we're not going to upcharge. And you're going to get spot plays, price plays, ABC grids, comments from every single host we have here on this show. You really should look into the power picks. Look below the video player. You can see it there. You sign up through Patreon. It's very simple. Also, we have a fantastic uh, website, hhhracingpodcast.com. Highly recommend you take a look at our uh, fantastic website. Uh, my wonderful co-host, Pete Visco, is mainly responsible for putting that together. We really appreciate all of his efforts with the fantastic website. Uh, all right. I think that takes care of everything. Uh, we have a lot of people watching, a ton of people watching. If you're watching right now and you have a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, a family member, someone that's interested in playing the Breeders' Cup this weekend, gather them around. You can leave the TV on if you want. I don't care. But ha turn the sound off, get your laptop, get your iPad. If you're watching this on Twitter, I highly recommend you switch over to YouTube. Go to go to YouTube in the search bar, HHH Racing Podcast, because then in our live chat, you can type in comments in the live chat. Get your paper out, get your pen and pencil out, and be ready, because we're going to give you some awesome information right now that's going to help you crush Friday Breeders' Cup. Last thing. We also have a show, we have two other shows coming up for the Breeders' Cup. We're not done yet, folks. We're not done. Tomorrow night, Chad Shexnader of the Fairgrounds Racing Podcast, an excellent handicapper. He's been on the show before. We'll be here, same time, same bat station, 8 p.m. Eastern. We're gonna, It's almost going to be a two-hour extravaganza in detail going through the Saturday Championship Breeders' Cup card. And then Monday... 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm going an hour earlier so we don't bump into football. 7 p.m. Eastern. The Breeders' Cap recap and reaction show of everything that happened this weekend coming up here at the Breeders' Cup. We've got to cover like a glove. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring on my fantastic co-host first. From the Saratoga Special, Mr. Paul Halloran. And from the East Coast of Maryland, Pete Visco. How was trick-or-treating? It was awesome. It was, we were the last ones on the street. My son Jackson, he was ready. He's like, we're, we're staying out and in the rain. We stayed out until the street was empty. Wow. Got some good got some good candy. Too much candy, yeah. Was, yeah. It wasn't really Jackson's idea. You you really, it was mainly your idea. Of hey, to go I do like candy. <laughs> who, who doesn't like candy? Yeah. Uh, speaking of candy, Paul, we had some handicapping candy last night as we talked about post positions some fascinating post positions paul now we're going to talk about the babies 
a very difficult uh, uh, Friday card, I thought, with these five races. Maybe less one race. Yes, I think you could probably narrow it down a little bit uh, in the finale. Uh, but uh, I will still be using a second day there. We'll talk about it when we get yeah, there. But, absolutely. I, uh, I saw your picks, for sure. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Howard. I, I, I think... Uh, Oh, I didn't mean the finale. I I should have said the juvenile. I I keep thinking that's the finale. I I think the finale, which is the juvenile turf, is the the two races that I think are are really wide open uh, the most are the juvenile turf and the juvenile Phillies turf. Those are the ones that I am the deepest. So, yeah, we will see. see. I'm going to play them, though. Before we bring on our great guests, let's get to some great comments. We got Nick Feldman. Nick, thanks for joining the Let's show. Let's go, Nick. He is here. He's back from a two-week uh, vacation. Uh, we've got C-Money is here. I'm looking. we got uh, Darren Sipes having big-time trouble narrowing down the winner of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf. He needs help. I bet our wonderful guest handicapper is going to have uh, some replays to talk about there. Uh, Roshan, he's counting down the hours. Thank you, Roshan. 62 hours. He's got it down to the exact uh, number. Love it. Uh, let's. We've got uh, a new, we got a bunch of new people here. Holy cow! I mean, we've got a good flop. Thanks for joining the show. We haven't seen uh, your name. We got David Barista. We got High Risk. Get the popcorn ready. Uh, we have also uh, Noah Megner watching from the library at the University of Kentucky. Noah, thanks for joining the show, man. Really appreciate it. We love the younger viewers. We got plenty of college students that watch the show. Noah, get some friends together. Make sure you smash that subscribe button. No, we're really trying to grow our younger uh, audience. So, Noah, thanks for joining the show. We appreciate it. Uh, and we got Matthew Chimura, who is all in. All right, guys, let's bring on our wonderful guest. Now, th- this guy's been on here before. This is one of the sharpest minds out there in the game. I'm not going to bring on some kind of schlub for the Breeders' Cup. This guy is an expert with replays, just like Pete and I loves watching replays. Uh, he is now currently working for In The Money Media a fantastic organization that I've been involved with, Peter Thomas Fortel and the guys. Let's bring him on to help us with the Friday Breeders' Cup card, Mr. Justin Christine. Justin, how you doing tonight? I'm great, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Pete, Paul, Howard. Um, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts as well because I'm open to some ideas in some of these races. I mean, I have some – I have some uh, – I have some leans and definitely a, a strong feel, uh, two strong feels. But um, I'm interested to hear what y- your minds and, the, and the, the listeners and viewers have to say as well. So I'm excited. Let's get rolling. Yeah, well, we're all interested to hear what you have to say. And uh, we're going to be watching a lot of replays. Justin's an expert in in, uh, in watching replays, uh, formerly of Tripno Pros. And so he uh, does great work now within the money media. Justin, let's just get this out of the way before we get into our handicap. Real quick, you know, 30 seconds or less, tell people where they can find you on Twitter, what you do for In the Money Media now, just uh, very quickly, you know, where people can find out your information. Sure. Um, I'm on Twitter at TeacherJJC. And I do the Santa Anita notebook every day, the Santa Anita autumn meet. So I'll recap the day before um, looking at track bias, uh, hot and cold trainers, hot and cold jockeys. And uh, 
review the races for some value that I can find there and uh, put that up. And, and uh, sometimes I'll have a trip advisor, which is a, a horse that I think had a, a, a subtly bad trip or a trip that's not in the comment line because that's where you get the value. And then uh, I will always uh, recap the day before and, you know, yeah. So um, in the money media plus subscribers can get that every day of the Santa Anita autumn meet and hopefully uh, Santa Anita going forward into the, uh, the winter meet as well, starting December 26th. Terrific. Uh, in the money media does a, does a great job. Uh, <laughs> Ralph, Conte, go, Justin. Justin trying to grow his hair like JK. Oh uh, man. I, Justin, you got a little ways to go for that. Although JK is slimmed down the throw a little bit. I would say, Oh, Paul. What happened there? We lost your camera there, Paul. There we, there go. we go. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, not quite at JK level yet. Uh, let's jump into the car, guys. We got a lot to talk yeah. about. I don't want to waste uh, you know, any time. The, the first thing, Justin, uh, before we talk about the races. Uh, well, actually, I want to say one thing first. The, the Breeders' Cup races are races 6 through 10. So if you're interested in playing the late pick 5, and we're going to be talking about the late pick 5, it's races 6 through 10. They do have five other races before the Breeders' Cup. We are not going to talk about those five races because we want to deep dive in the Breeders' Cup. But everyone, just to let you know, I do like a horse in race five, which starts the pick six. And it's the mar- it used to be the marathon, Breeders' Cup marathon race. I like number nine, win the day at six to one. So if you want to you know, get a little juicy taste before the actual Breeders' Cup races start, uh, Rispoli is riding. It's a mile and five eighths on dirt. Win the day is an improving three-year-old. He's six to one. He's the nine horse. Just throw that as everyone's as Justin and Paul are scrambling, saying, "Who? I thought we weren't talking about those." Yeah, races. yeah. Um, no, we're not, I, talking, um, we're not I, talking about those races. But I just want to throw a little nugget out there, Justin, so people. I'm fascinated with that horse. Well, uh, I appreciate you saying that because um, I was all over him in his last race at ten to one. I, I think. Oh. I, th- I think um, th- the longer th- he could, he can run all day. I mean, if they carted at two and a half miles, yeah. um, you know, he, he, he'd fit the bill. So I- I'm with you on that, Howard. I actually, uh, I actually okay. think that horse has a big chance in the fifth. And he got it. He was like in between, he's in between horses. He was like covered up. He couldn't find room to late. It was a glacial pace, whatever. Right. Anyway, we'll get in the Breeders' Cup, but number nine, win the day in race five, Justin, tell everyone here about the pick five sequence in general. These, Breeders' Cup races, which race, and we're going to talk about our pick fives at the end of the show, but just to give an overall view, how difficult are these races Friday? Uh, which one, obviously the Breeders' Cup Jubal is going to be the, you know, quote unquote, easiest race. What's your general thought about the Friday Breeders' Cup races? Yeah, I think, um, I think the sixth, the first leg of the pick five is really hard. Um, you know, you have some fillies taking on boys for the first time. You know, you have the Euros who typically have not performed well in the juvenile turf sprint. I think that race is very hard. Um, the other race that I think is is very hard uh, is the the eighth, which is the juvenile Phillies turf. You know, usually I, I, I zero in on Chad Brown. I mean, he, you know, he's owned this race, but I, I don't, I don't think that, you know, he has free look in here and I, I don't, I don't, not a big fan of that horse. So, you know, if, if it's not the Chad Brown show and the juvenile Phillies turf, then I think there are quite a few horses that can win that. So 
Um, to me, those are the two most wide open legs. And then, you know, there, there, the, the, there are two legs that I can narrow it down to a couple. And then the ninth, um, we'll talk about the ninth, well, but, yeah. but you know, do you, do you, are you all in on cave rock or do you think there's another alternative? I guess, you know, that, that, that is a big part of the, the pick five, uh, Justin, I, I know a guy who might be a little bit uh, has has an alternative. Wait a minute, hold on. There is somewhere down there. Um, quick question <laughs> from Nolan Rogers for you, Justin. You'll see a lot of comments on the bottom of the screen. Do you trip out Euro races? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Nolan, first... I'm sorry, it's Nolan. Excuse me, probably. Yeah, the first thing I do when the uh, when the advance comes out is that I go through every single Euro on both days before I do any work on any of the stateside horses. Um, so yeah, I've done all the trips on all the euros. Perfect. I've, I've done more deep diving on the euros this year than any other year. And just to throw out to everyone, uh, I believe it's episode, is it 198 guys? I don't know if Pete or Paul, one of you guys can look real quick, but for those of you that are interested in the euros and there are a lot of euros on Friday, uh, every year, last two years uh, of the existence of the show, we have a great podcast with Davey Lane, Justin, who's an excellent handicapper from the UK. I don't know if you checked our show out this year. We went on yeah. for about an hour and 40 minutes showing replays. And he's got a lot of insight that we don't have here because he lives in Liverpool, England. He knows some of the you know trainers and like the ins and outs and behind the scenes stories. Who's just going over for what he calls a jolly, which is just for fun, not really a serious entrant, and who's really well meant. Is it was it 198 Pete and Paul? 197. 197. Oh, sorry, 197. Check out episode 197, everyone out there, for our Euro take. All right, here we go, guys. Let's get on to the Breeders' Cup races. So let, we're gonna start. What um okay, there we go. Sorry about that. We're gonna start with race six, the Breeders' Cup. Races start at approximately 3 o'clock Eastern, and the weather is going to be outstanding. We can talk about that. There'll be no issues whatsoever. Race 6, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. These are all grade 1s, of course. This is a million dollars. It's for 2-year-olds. You're going to see big fields everywhere. Let me take the banner off, guys. We don't need that anymore. Hold on one second there. There we go. All right. Uh, two-year-olds. You see it's a big field as I scroll down here. There's 12 in the main body. There are some also eligibles. I highly doubt there's going to be a lot of scratches, guys, because the weather is great, and these are the biggest races of the year. Let me go ahead and also, for those of you, whether you're familiar with the show or not, we are going to be showing our picks on the bottom of the screen. You're going to see scrolls. So right now, there you go. Howard, Justin, Pete, and Paul. This is the first time that everyone except me has actually seen each other's picks. And, and so I'm sure everyone's going to be very interested in what we see at the bottom. There's a little bit of pressure on Love Reigns because three of us are picking Love Reigns, the number two on top. But no, not Justin. Justin is going with a long shot. Frankie DeTore, 15 to 1 for Richard Hannon, Persian Force. Justin, your first up, hit it. Yeah, I love the way this horse traveled in his last race in the middle park stakes and at Newmarket, Um, I love the way he got out of the gate and uh, he was quick on his feet from the get go. And, you know, he's going to need to be that in order to keep up with, with the U S sprinters. Um, you know, typically that's the problem that these euros have is they get outbroken and they can't keep up early. This horse I think is different. I think that from what I've seen from the three replays that I've watched, Source is good out of the gate. He's got Frankie DeTore. 
The six post I think is ideal. And I love the way that he looked. He's, he's built like a, a stocky sprinter and, you know, you can't argue the company that he kept in the last, in his last finishing third to Blackbeard in the Antarctic. Uh, I'm not an expert on European form, but I do know those two horses are very good. Yeah. And uh, I, I actually think um, the cutback to five and a half is not a bad thing based on the way this horse is built. And so he's got a lot going for him. It, the, the least of which is the, the 15 to one morning line. And so, you know, if I can get anything above 10 to one, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm chomping at the bit to, uh, to bet this horse, to bet Persian force in the uh, Breeders' Cup juvenile turf sprint. Um, and then Justin, I'll just. Sorry, sorry Justin, before, before go we go to your other choices, yeah. uh, Paul, obviously, Paul, you like Persian force also. Paul, are you concerned that he might get caught up in a speed duel with all the speed on the outside? And do you have any guesses? Is he. The way he runs, either one of you handling a turn for the first time, also obviously that's a concern for all the Euros, Paul. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be obviously on the lead or, or near the lead, but I, I kind of agree with Justin. It looks like he has just enough speed to to not get too far behind because, as Justin points out, that is a danger you you can you're concerned with with the Euros uh, in in this five and a half uh, furlong. Uh, uh, race, although better than five furlongs. But the one thing Davey Lane said that uh, he said that Richard Hannon doesn't ship particularly well. That was one of the notes I took. It looks like I've formulated as a very limited sample of 0 for 4, so for whatever that's worth. But, you know, you get to Tory. Uh, Davey did like this horse despite the comment on, um, on Hannon. You know, we talked last night, Howard, Blackbeard would have taken quite a bit of money if not been a favorite. And this horse was right there with him the last two races. So I almost picked him on top. Uh, wow. I was very close. I picked him second. So I am. Uh, okay. I, I think I picked him second. Yeah, I did. You did. You did. He and uh, I have the same trifecta here. Bank it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Uh, Justin, you've got the three. Private Creed. I took a real uh, good look at this horse. My, I'll just give my two cents real quick on this horse, Justin. Yeah. I, I love picking closers in a race with a lot of speed. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, people, just listen to tomorrow because I have an extremely strong opinion on a Saturday race with a similar profile. But, Justin, this horse just looks slow to me. I, I know he's a closer, but I, I, don't, I don't know if he classes up. Yeah. Um, you know, just looking at buyers, I, I think that's a legitimate – uh, opposing viewpoint. I will say that those Kentucky Downs races are, are you know, I, I don't put any stock in the buyers at all in those races. I think the timing is goofy. I okay. think the, the course is goofy. So I don't pay attention to those uh, speed figures at all. And then the Indian Summer, um, I, I, I love the way that he finished in that race. And I think that from the three hole, he's going to sit mid, mid pack. And, um, you know, if a speed duel does ensue, like I think it might, um, he's the one closer that, that I want. Uh, he's, he's the horse that I think has the best kick and you know, he likes Keeneland, which is in my mind, it, it can't be under, it can't be uh, overstated enough because 
you know, that Keeneland course it is some horses do not like it. It's a sand based course and, and it plays differently than some of the other courses in, in, in the States. And so um, a horse that has a run over a successful run over it, I'm giving extra points to. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Pete, let's go to you. Um, you've got the two. We Paul's got the two. Did, did we talk guys before the show? I don't, uh, we're all going to love reigns. It's hard not to go with Wesley Ward and Irad Pete, this horse. Uh, last time, uh, obviously, it was a much easier race, but did uh, come a little bit off the pace. I don't think this horse has to be on the lead necessarily, and I love the post for this horse, too. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And and Wesley Ward and Irad, haven't they won this race three years in a row? So, you know, they, they're in, you're in pretty capable hands with those two. And, uh, yeah, this – I mean, this horse in the U.S., the two races have been phenomenal. You can't ask for anything better has the win over Keeneland, which I agree with Justin. That's always, it's always nice to see the buyers are strong. The time form ratings are strong. And I agree with you too. I don't think this one needs to get caught up in whatever the hot pace turns out to be. Cause I do think I agree with everyone else. I think there is going to be a hot pace. So I don't think this one needs to be in that and should be able to sit right behind from that two hole. And you've got Private Creed, who we already talked about, second, Pete. And then you've got the nine, Sharp as Attack. Now, this horse I wasn't sure was going to get in the race. Now that he's in the race, um, th- this is your typical one-number horse, right? I mean, wow, that, that race at Monmouth was very impressive. But he got the lead. Monmouth's turf course is very speedy. Uh, Doug O'Neill knows how to win Breeders' Cups. I wouldn't overlook this horse because he breaks inside of the speed, Pete, but in theory, he might be able to be, he won't be as wide as the others, right? Yeah, I think that that could be the case. Like he could, he could potentially clear and then maybe get cleared and have a spot, which would be ideal because he is super fast out of the gate. And the one thing I liked about him was those first two races were super impressive. Then they stretch him out to six and a half. And when you watch that, he's going against Private Creed. He was a huge favorite and he ran a beautiful race. I think the extra just furlong and change just got to him in the end. Now he's cutting back a little bit, which I think is probably his preferred distance. And I think hopefully, because I like the fact that in that last race, he did sit off and he did make a move off the pace. You know, it was only from second, but still, I like that he didn't need the lead. And I just wanted to have at least one of the speed. And I think he could be the most versatile of the speed horses where he doesn't have to be on the lead and maybe doesn't have to hook up in some sort of suicidal duel. And if that happens at a 15 to one shot, I'll take that on my ticket. And what I think is a pretty wide open race otherwise. All right. Well, we're going to finish up our conversation of this race. I'm going to talk about a horse I like, and then Paul, we'll get to your two others that we haven't, uh, your other horse uh, that we haven't mentioned yet. Guys, I have done very deep diving the euros. Now, listen, it's all a bit of a guesswork, right? There's no question about it. You're guessing. Dramatize is interesting to me. This is a three. This is a Philly, which I have no concerns about because the, they do this in Europe all the time. What really impresses? There's two things I like about this horse. When she beat um, Love Reigns uh, in at Ascot, I thought that was very impressive. They were all straightaways, but she blew by Love Reigns. I mean, that wasn't even close. Now I know that was June. This is November now, so it's it's hard to say. Um, she's been given some time off. She raced just fine last time. Uh, she was a big favorite. Uh, she was disappointed. I think Ryan Moore is going to be just off the pace. I think he's going to get a fantastic trip from the four hole. If she can fire and she's been looking very good. Davy Lane thinks this horse is interesting. I've heard some things. I know that 
she hasn't taken a lot of money in Europe probably. And, and Pete, you're going to be our Euro uh, sort of odds guy tonight. So I don't know if you have that up or not. I know she's probably fairly high odds. I don't care. I'm looking for a bit of a closer and I, I don't love the American closers. No, no disrespect to the private creed gang. I think dramatize is fascinating uh, underneath. I threw speedboat beach in there. I don't love that horse, but I'm not going to let Baffert beat me in the first race of the day, even if it's a turf race, and he is awfully quick. Uh, before we move on, William Buick on the five, Paul. Any thoughts on uh, this horse you have third? And then also, Jess, I'd like to hear your opinion on on the four and tell me I'm crazy or not. That's absolutely fine. Paul? Um, yeah, I, I think the five is is a use. I think the, uh, the Nick has got the morning line just about right. You know, it's, it's going to um, – he's going to take money. It's a – a Godolphin trained by Appleby, ridden by Buick. But, you know, the one house I want to mention, Howard, that we haven't mentioned yet, who is going to take money, who got the worst of it at the post row is the 12, the Platinum Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned not only is she, and there are five fillies in this race, by the way, out of 12. Yeah. Not only is she on the far outside, but she does have a lot of speed just inside her. Having said that, you know, if we're looking at just ability, you know, she is a factor in, in this race. You know, I, I had her as an A, and she has been downgraded to a B as of this afternoon, but they don't run the race until uh, 3 o'clock Friday afternoon. So uh, I'm going to reserve the right to uh, to make a change there. But she's, you know, again, I just think the, the post is, is a really tough thing for her. Yeah, none of us have the platinum queen in the money, which is absolutely crazy especially considering her last race. Justin, I've got all the Euros as B horses other than yeah. uh, dramatized because I, I think this is a pretty talented group. I like the fact, I think these horses are learning how to run in the States. We saw Glass Slippers win a sprint race. I think these horses are, uh, these trainers are, I'm not saying they gear up the two-year-olds over in Europe, but my gut feeling and the vibe I get is that they are running a little bit faster than they used to and the two-year-old races matter a little more because in the States, we have more two-year-old turf races. Real quick, your impressions on Mischief, um, Magic, Dramatized, and the Platinum Queen, John. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on Dramatized. That, that was the first uh, Euro that I, I gravitated towards. I thought, and, and I, it could be wrong, I'm not an expert on the ground over there, but I thought the outer rail um, that in her last race at the Lowther, uh, the grade two, I, I didn't think it was that great. I think, I, I thought it, it, it appeared to be a little slower. And um, I liked I liked her race there. Um, so she's definitely a use for me. Um, just a couple other notes real quick. Speedboat Beach, you know, that last race, um, he was getting he was getting tired on the line and yeah. he, he had barely had a gallop out. And, you know, he's got to get another half furlong on a slower turf course versus other speed. Um, you know, and I'll use him defensively, but I think there are enough angles to play against him. And then the I platinum agree. queen, you know, she did, she was a two-year-old that beat olders, but there's a huge weight break for two-year-olds. They get like 25 pounds, 20 to 25 pounds or something. Right. Um, and so, and so, you know, th there's, there's something to be said. Two-year-olds have beaten older horses in Europe. Um, it doesn't happen that often, but it has happened, and and probably mainly because of the weight break. She's talented, but the twelve horse being the favorite with uh, and knowing the weight break that she got in the last, uh, I'm I'm against her. I want the last thing I want to say, and someone asked this on the chat. 
the time form ratings. Then let me go full screen here. Again, for people who are not familiar, you see these time form ratings here in general, guys. And we've talked about that on the show. So this for all the viewers and listeners watching. In general, you can subtract about 15 to 20 points off of these time form ratings compared to buyer. Not everyone likes buyers, but the buyers are on here as well for the Americans. So if you subtract 15 to 20 off the platinum queen, you know, just in general, guys, uh, this horse is running, you know, low 80s. That does not lay over this field at all. If that's if you believe in that number, Justin, do you look at time form rating before we go on to the next race? And how do you evaluate that versus Equibase or Brisnet or other numbers you might look at? Yeah, I do look at the time form ratings. I know it's not an exact science, but it, it gives me an idea. I'm in the ballpark then, and I understand ki- kind of where this uh, where this horse fits. So I, I will look at that. And I think the most uh, interesting and advantageous thing about looking at time form US is that there's a write-up of all these European horses, um, you know, in the running lines and the time form US PPs, and, and they're pretty sharp. And so, you know, sometimes you'll get a clue as to who this horse ran against, if they want more ground, if they want less ground, if they didn't like the ground. And so I think I would advise people to read those comments. You know, it's almost a paragraph worth of comments on each of the Euros and each of the races. I think that's a a very important thing to take a look at before you make your final decisions. Yeah, um, I'm not a big fan of turf sprints and two-year-olds. It's just not a race. I'm playing the BCBC, Justin. I've talked about on the show several times. Yeah, um, yeah. My plan, honestly, is to punt on this race. There are three mandatories that you have to bet. Out of the five races, there are three mandatories you have to bet uh, on Friday. This is a race I'm playing, I'm punting on. Maybe I'll do a little bit a side bet with Dramatize, throw her underneath and exact as her tries or something. But uh, Pete and Paul, uh, is this the kind of race you have a, a betting interest in or is this more of a watch for you guys, Pete? I mean, I think it's a good betting race because I don't think you're going to get a, a low favorite. I think the favorite's going to be a nice price, and there's some really good – I mean, we've talked about a few of them. There's some really good long-shot opportunities. So in a race like that, it's a good betting race if you do have a decent opinion. I mean, I don't want to just throw a, you know, throw something at the wall just because it's a good betting race. But I think if you like something and, – and I like a couple of the horses. I mean, even getting Love Reigns, if you like that horse at – four is a nice play when after the race you'll be like when that horse just runs away from him you'll be like well i can't believe i got that horse that paid ten dollars after the fact i want to just mention one thing howard because there's a few comments about tyler's tribe none of us have tyler's tribe yeah but on paper that horse looks i mean you see all the ones and you see the lengths one by so people are going to like that i assume we're all against because of the turf move but I wanted to just throw that out there because I did yeah. see a bunch of comments talking about him. I mean, I'll, I'll bring him up out of his. It's a great story, Tyler's Tribe. We've talked about it in the show. For those people that uh, don't know, we, we should mention this, guys. Tyler's Tribe is named after the grandson of one of the owners who <laughs> fortunately is healthy now. Uh, but he had the, the grandson, the boy had leukemia. Um, and Tyler's Tribe uh, is sort of the support group that is surrounds the young man named Tyler um, to get through his illness. He just left the hospital, I think last week. It's an unbelievable story. Um, I, I have no idea if this horse can run on turf, although, you know, he is by uh, sharp Azteca who is by Freud. So in theory, he could, I have no interest in betting this horse at all. Paul, last thing we got to move on. Is this a race you're going to bet? I know you're a serial horizontal player. This does start to pick six, Paul. Uh, excuse me, this starts to pick five, Paul. So 
obviously, I mean, I'm playing the pick five, but vertically, any interest here? Yeah, well, I think because of Tyler's tribe, and I agree with you, it's a great story, but I think the horse is going to be overbet because of the story. Uh, I really don't want any part of Speedboat Beach, who I think is going to take money. I know, you know, uh, he did win on turf, but uh, and he is fast, but, you know, that's not a great post. Um, there's really not much turf on the damn side. I know Byron throws okay, does okay with turfers, but uh, for those two reasons, I, I think there will be some value. I, I, I agree with Pete. I kind of like the two a little bit, and if he's, if he's uh, she is in that 7-2, to 4-1 range, uh, I, I do think it's a good betting race. And, of course, Christine is one of our most astute listeners because she agrees <laughs> with me, viewers, rather. She always agrees with you, Paul. That doesn't count. That, well, that's, yeah. that's hey, expected. look, I, I that's said expected. she's one of our most astute viewers. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're back. Don't leave us. You're oh. on twice now, Howard. We don't need to see you. We were here, Howard. We never left. You did. Now we see you oh. twice, which is way more than – many more times than anybody needs to there see There you go. Okay. Yeah. Folks, we've been doing – this is the 201st show, everyone. Paul and Pete, I know you haven't been with me for 201 shows, but confirm that's the first time that's ever happened. I don't know what just happened. And I hopefully the last, out. if it's going to be you. Listen, there are so many people watching this show. The internet is exploding. So, sorry, everyone at home. I have no idea what happened. I, I did not do anything, guys. We just had internet issues. That, that's a signal that we need to go on the next race. I think that's what that means, guys. So, let's go on. I have no idea what just happened. All right. Let's go on to the next race. Hopefully, that's our only follow-up there. Although, now I'm on the right side of the screen, Pete, which is a little bit weird. But that's okay. No, that's no problem right. there. Who cares? Uh, race seven. Let's bring it up right now, guys. And let me go ahead and switch the uh, banners. Hopefully, that won't happen again. If there is an internet issue again, guys, we have no storms. By the way, it was 70 and sunny here. Mother Nature, shout out to Mother Nature because you are rocking it right now. And the weather at Keelan is going to be unbelievable. So <laughs> shout out to Mother Nature. All right, guys, there's our picks on the bottom of the screen. Let's bring it up. Race seven. Here we go. Um, oh, oh I, you know what? Now I've got to bring this up. Sorry, guys. We almost didn't, never have these issues. Okay, here we go. Nope. We're wow, Howard, me and, me and you have the exact same three. That never happens. Yeah, how about that, Pete? How about that? That Great never happens. Like. All right. Yeah. The There's Net three Jets, tosses. <laughs> the, the Net Jets Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. Of course, it's grade one. $2 million. These are for the girls. Two-year-olds on the dirt. They're going a mile to 16th. Here's the field uh, right here. Another big field. As you can see, I scroll all the way down. Oh, poor Raging Sea. Oh, boy. We'll talk about her. The favorite here is the number 10, Chocolate Gelato, 7-2, Pletcher, and Iride. Now, before we talk about your top pick, Justin, I think it's really important to talk about what everyone sees on the screen right now. This is the map for Keeneland. This is the uh, track um, you know, construction, configuration, etc. You can see on the screen, I'm going to leave this on for a second, guys, so people can take a look at this, because I think this is an important, uh, I'll make it a little bit bigger, too. Uh, here we go. I'm going to make it a little bigger. I think it's important for people to see, okay? So the juvenile Phillies and the juvenile, it starts right here, but it also ends there, Justin, as we all know. So this is a first-line finish. It basically ends in the middle of the stretch. It's a very short stretch, which I know a lot of people are not you know, fans of. The run of the first turn is not short, but it's definitely not, you know, long. And the, the home stretch is very short. So I just wanted to go ahead and bring that up. 
Uh, Justin, you are going to go. You're, you, you don't care about the post here. You are going to go with Raging C for Pletcher. I, I, I got a uh, gut punch when, when uh, the, uh, the posts were drawn uh, because I, I, I really like Raging C. I think, I think this is a quintessential Chad Brown pointing for a spot. We've seen him do it so many times, specifically with dirt horses, because his turf horses, he just, his turf horses, he just lays off however long he needs to, and they're ready to roll when they, when they get, when they get back first out. His dirt horses, he races them a little more into shape. And this horse won on debut at Saratoga, and then they gave him some time to mature with this spot in mind the whole time. They brought him back yeah. at Keeneland. I can I can basically guarantee you that he wasn't 100% cranked up in that race. She's um, Chad, by the way. I screwed up, guys. It's not Pletcher. It's Chad Brown. I apologize. Yeah, no problem. It's And, you know, I want the horses out of the Alcibiades because I, I think that was the strongest prep. Well, and, let's, talk, let's talk about the stretch, Justin, because – this is important to watch. I'll let well, we're just going to go right to the stretch. Raging C broke from the two, broke very well. Go ahead, take it from here. Here's Raging C right here. Yeah, so so he's on the inside and um, he gets a little leg weary and drink drinking game. Hold on, drink. hold on. We got to stop right now. Hold on a second. Now, All Justin, right. we've got we've we, hold on a second. I know I don't I don't want to interrupt people tonight, but but Justin, we we've had two. Uh, uh, sort of new drinking games on the show. One is one of our wonderful young uh, co-hosts, Kyle Roscoe, says 100% because he says it like five times. Like a lot of younger people, they repeat the same words. The other, and I think Paul's the is the serial one here. If you say the wrong sex or gender of the horse, you have to have a beverage. So everyone at home, if you got a beverage, <laughs> if you got a beverage, drink up. Justin, Raging right. C is a she, not a he. All right, Justin, uh. we got that. Cool. Go ahead, Justin. That get yeah, that gets that gets me sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, and sh so she got leg weary in the stretch, started drifting around, and you know that just points to the fact that she she wasn't cranked up. Um, you know, so w before I knew she was going to draw the fourteen, I, I really like this horse. I think I think she's she's set for a big move forward. I'm still going with. Um, even though she's breaking from the 14 hole, I know it's not ideal, but I want, um, I want horses that are tactical. You know, if they're breaking from the 14 hole, I want a horse that can put themselves in some kind of position. I trust Pratt to, to work out a spot somewhere. Um, you know, I don't know what kind of trip she's going to get, but I know she's going to fire her best shot. I know she's going to take a big move forward and she's the right price at eight to one. So, I'm sticking with her, although the 14 hole is not ideal. Uh, Justin, we all are interested in very much interested in what could be the post time favorite. I I think it'll probably chocolate gelato. The number seven chop chop, who we just showed the replay, was the one that was closing best out of that race. Yeah, she did get a good trip, uh, but it, it, the pace did not fall apart because his Wonder Wheel wired yeah. say that ten times fast. Wonder yeah. Wheel wired. Uh, the field. So you can't say the race collapsed. She was by far closing the best. This is a horse by City of Light out of a Giants Causeway mare who ran first time on dirt. I see no reason why this Cox trainee cannot run a big race if she just gets the right trip. 
Yeah, you know, and I, I think she can be a little bit closer. She was off slow and I had her about a length slow. And then there's an interesting um, tidbit in, in her running line and it's not mentioned in the comment section in the PPs. At about the half mile pole, she had to steady a little bit. She ran up on heels and had to steady and that cost her a little momentum. So let's see if um, I can it, find that because I okay. obviously want the race. Now she is the she's in the red uh, red right here, right? She yeah she's she's the two horse. Did so you see that right it, there? It, it already happened, right? Am I yeah, it, it happened slightly before that, and it's a little bit hard to see. It's right, right about there. there. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And she, you can see her back pedal a little bit when you when you watch the head on. It's a little more pronounced, but it definitely slowed her momentum slightly. And, and so that coupled with the fact that I think she can be a little bit closer if she doesn't break so slowly, um, you know, obviously you don't love a closer at the mile and a 16th, usually at Keeneland, it usually favors speed, but you know, with the speed that's signed on and her trouble and the fact that she can be closer and Rosario is going to probably put her in a spot where she can have a chance to win turning for home. You know, I see no reason not to include her as an A on on tickets. I also want to mention uh, this horse right here. This is Gazira, Jazira, I don't know how to pronounce it, who is going to be running uh, in the turf race. So that we're going to talk about. Uh, but but she ran well uh, also. Let's yeah. go to uh, Pete here next. Um, actually, Justin, you want to say quickly about the nine? Uh, yeah, I think she's too big of a price. I think. Hey, hey Justin, look at that. You and Nick with the with the with the same yeah. triple there. You're, you that. guys are in lockstep. Nick, great minds think alike, man. Um, I, I just think Grand Love is too big of a price. You know, she was she was a, a dollar six cent favorite in that race at Churchill. Her first race, she was green as grass when she won, and it was not pretty. But she was much more professional in that second race. She found herself on the lead, first time two turns. I trust Asmussen. She's a gun runner. You know, I think I think you know at anywhere near twenty to one, she's got to be used. She's too big of a price, and she may be on the lead. Yeah, I, I've got her as a B. I mean, my ABC ticket is is crazy. I've got like eight Bs in this race, and she's one of them. Just because it's a gun runner, and say, what if she somehow? I didn't like her last race, but I don't know if she gets loose. Crazier things. This is just a crazy race, uh, Pete. You and I are absolutely locked up in this race, which which is crazy. We have, we have the same three. Uh, my feeling with uh, Atomically here, Pete, I've heard a bit of a buzz. I think, unfortunately, she's going to be a bit uh, of an underlaying, more like six to one at post time. I hope I'm wrong, but I do like this horse. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean, I, if it depends on how you're looking at it. If you're looking for a win bet, maybe you're a little disappointed. But if I'm looking for sort of the top line of a, of a horizontal play, then I, I like this horse at six. I like this horse at 12. I mean, I, I saw a note in the comments about, yeah, it's only running against, you know, Florida breads and all that. But I just think this one's been really impressive. I like the sweeping move in that last race. I, I just like the way the way she sort of just – just yeah. ran by a field like you're supposed to when you're the best horse in the race and you're a horse that's got Breeders' Cup aspirations. And then the move to Pletcher and, you know, picking up Saez with Pletcher, you know, it was a private purchase specifically pointing, I think, to this race. So everything there just leaves me to say, what if this horse is just really, really good? I'd like to catch it at a price now before we figure it out, maybe. 
Uh, <laughs> Starlight Racing is the ownership now. Pete, what I really liked about, not only did I like the finish, we're just going to watch the first turn and the finish of, of Atomically. She's five wide, like legit five wide. When you're five wide yeah, the first yeah. turn of Gulfstream, I don't care if you're facing 20 claimers, Florida breads, or grade one horses. That is not a good situation at all. And it didn't really seem to bother. She Again, she's the nine. You're going to see she breaks very well. But she's not like a runaway speed type. And the first two starts, Pete, um, you know, she, she was on the lead. I mean, look, she's already, I mean, this is, you know, six wide right there. She does like tuck in a little, but really not that much. And then I'm just going to show it through the turn, Pete, if you don't mind. No. She's out in no man's land right here. You, you've got to be really good. And they're not walking. And this is a pretty legitimate pace. I mean, it's a $400,000 race, too. So they're not like bum. Yep. They're not like bum, bum Florida bread. So. And this three, it's hard to tell, this, but the three is like making her go even wider. I'm sure the head-on has her even wider. And this is 23 and two for two-year-olds going two turns. And you see she's already moving up. We'll take her to the final turn here, Pete. Um, you, you see she's all the way out here, guys. She's pretty wide. And then we'll take her to the final turn. Pete, I'll let you take it home here. I mean, you could just see the you see the move. That's a that's a move when you when you know you have horse under you and you just make that move and say, you know what, I'm not going to fool around. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna clear this field and then bury them. And and you sort of like that, especially if you're if if you're looking at a horse that's running against maybe what we think are lesser horses than anybody else has faced in this field. You like to see sort of that dominance, and I like that. And I like the fact that she had gas in the tank and you know was wide most of the way. So there'd probably be a little bit more in the tank if she gets a better a little cleaner maybe less less wide trip in this one if she's so, finishing she's yeah, finishing she's, guys yeah. this is not that's a good finish uh pete and Pletcher, you know, it's it's not in the hands of some novice trainer it moved into the hands of <laughs> no. Pletcher. so I, again i'd rather take the shot with a horse like this in another field which i just think is pretty wide open i was with justin and i know you were too howard where we both like the 14 going into the race prior to the post positions. So I still like the 14. It would still be on my top line. But once that happened, I sort of started fishing for, Hey, is there anyone else? I sort of like on that, on that a level. Justin looked like you were chomping on the bit to say something. I'll let you say something just a second here. Um, someone mentioned, this is a great comment from Roshan. Absolutely reminds me of awesome feather. I think that's yeah. a great comparison. Florida bread, I believe won the juvenile, I believe. Great comparison. And just the fact, the matter of the fact is, I'm not a huge fan of the races, the, the preps in New York or out, you know, out West um, or, you know, really, or at Keelan necessarily. Um, so, I mean, I liked Raging Sea. I was all prepared, Justin, all prepared to put a nice, healthy bet on Raging Sea in the BCBC uh, until 24 hours ago. I just, she can win. Any thoughts on a topic? You look like you wanted to say something, Justin. I I agree with everything you guys say about uh, atomically. She, you know, she can definitely win. And at twelve to one, she's a must use. I was I was curious on all of your thoughts on. I guess you you just alluded to it, Howard. That you know the three and tell me no lies. We just thinking that that the the California Phillies are just not that good and. And then chocolate gelato, the favorite's not getting any love. Are we are we also no. thinking that she's just not not um she's not a two-turn horse by practical joke? Maybe we're all just allergic to chocolate, Justin. Um 
not oh, the way oh, I've been oh. not the way I've been eating it the last two days. <laughs> good, good, good point, uh, Paul. Why don't we give you a chance to talk here? Obviously, uh, before you talk about your, well, we already got to said before you talk about uh, the five who you have in second, which is Wonder Wheel, who's coming off a win. Why don't we talk about chocolate gelato a little bit, and then also the uh, California Philly, Paul? Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm against chocolate gelato. I I don't think she's as fast as it looks on paper. Uh, I get the feeling she might be a little more of a grinder. Justin just mentioned um, the the possible distance limitations. And, you know, I know she's only adding the 16th, but that could make the difference in a race like this. You know, this is one of the races that uh, Uncle Howard assigned me to do the deep dive on, which I wrote up today. I haven't sent it to you yet, Howard. And, you know, my, my theory in, in summarizing or analyzing this race is, I think it's going to be pretty quick. Um, you know, I did use Wonder Wheel second, but she had everything her own way in that race. The horses that were one, two, four after a half mile finished one, three, four. Um, although Cassie has been very high on this horse since even before she ran, he, he was talking about this horse. So, but back to Chocolate Gelato, uh, especially with the price. That she's going to be right around the favorite. It's Irad and Todd, so you know she's going to get bet. Um, I, I am against her. Uh, my theory in the race is I think the race is going to be won from behind and, and perhaps considerably behind, albeit with the short stretch and the way that the Keeneland, uh, the way the Keeneland uh, uh, track surface really played the, this meet that just got over. You did want to be forward on dirt, but I, I I think the closer that I like the best with the best position is the seven. And Justin touched on a few of the points uh, that I would make. Uh, you know, she was closing into that slow pace last time, 47 for a half mile last time. And she was doing a lot of running late and she was by two strides after the wire. She was by wonder wheel. So uh, I, that's why I landed on the seven. I, I do think though, I, I'm not, positive wonder wheel has to be on the lead to be effective and i don't think in this race she will be on the lead i do think she could still make the board although i didn't put her on top okay i mean she gets a great post this is almost that almost an all bun guys to me this is you know this is some crazy shit that could happen in this race i just uh, who do any of us really know what's gonna happen in this race i mean no this is a really tough race uh let's go on to the next race guys uh race eight i'm going to switch the banners here and then there's our picks. A lot of double-digit numbers on the screen here as everyone, uh, our co-hosts, are anxiously waiting for that banner to come across. Who do these guys have? Uh, race 8. Let me go ahead to the screen here. There we go. Race 8. This is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf. Someone already wanted to know, what are we doing with this race, guys? So let's talk about it. It's another million-dollar race, of course. It's on the grass. It's one mile. This is a short, guys. Short run to the first turn. I think posts matter a lot in these one-mile turf races. You can see the field uh, right here. It's another big field. As I keep scrolling down, uh, there is are some also eligibles. I doubt they'll get in. The morning line favorite here is a very talented horse from Europe, the number 10, Meditate, who uh, I believe is the favorite out in uh, – is, is she still the favorite right now? Pete, do you have those numbers? In Europe right now, I'll let you get a chance to look at it. But I know she's been taking yeah, a three lot to, of money. Yeah, three to one with uh, okay. and, and second choice is seven to one delight. So pretty big okay. spread too. All right. Uh, 
Justin, you get to go first. Justin is going with a horse that I do uh, not have in my top three, but I will say I'm absolutely fascinated with this horse. And if she got a better post, Justin, I really would have liked this horse. The number 12, Midnight Mile. Justin, what do you like about this hero? Yeah, um, she she had a really interesting trip in her most recent. She was cut off yep. not once but twice inside yep. the two furlong pole. The first time she got cut off, she got stopped. She shifted left, tried to squeeze through between horses, got cut off again. And then the key part of this is that when she finally found a hole, she accelerated through it and she was versus the flow of that race. And she had a big gallop out. I think that, you know, I, I don't love no nay nevers going two turns. Um, but, but if you have a Galileo influence on the bottom, I think that combination of speed and stamina is very effective going a mile. I don't love the post, but, and, and I don't know the exact stat on this guys, but I know that there were the, the last couple breeders, breeders cups that were held at Keeneland. I know that horses in the outside post did have some considerable success. Um, and I'll, I'll see if I can look that up while you guys are talking, but um, this horse, you know, at, at 10 to one, and I think you may get every bit of 10 to one, I, I think uh, has enough tactical speed to work out a trip. And I don't, I don't mind if the horse is two, three wide, because in a big field like this, so many horses get stopped, get into trouble. And if the horse is good enough and, and is in the clear, um, like I think this horse is third start, um, I think can show a ton of improvement. And I love the acceleration, the turn of foot in that last start. So, um, she's my top pick at, at 12 to one. Wow. So just 10 to one. Yeah. Uh, and for, let me let me, let me put us all on screen here. We're not going to show a lot of Euro replays. We did a lot of that for our show 197, and we we could go on forever on this show tonight. So if you want to, we talked about this horse a lot, Justin. I okay. like this horse more than Davy Lane, our European expert. I think he was concerned, maybe that she maybe didn't class up. I mean, she was coming out of a sort of a weaker grade three. But sure. watch yep. that replay. Uh, Justin's absolutely right. She studied twice, and then. Not only did she study that second time, Justin, but she sort of like shuffled back. It was only not only a study, like lost yeah. her momentum. I'm thinking she's going to win this race. And she exploded and galloped exploded. out late. This could be a nice horse. Uh, again, uh, the post is interesting. Let me address the issue with the turf, Justin. Um, and I, I feel pretty comfortable in, in talking about this. Two years ago, the turf was not firm. When, when Cuban's turf gets wet or a little softer, you do not want to be on the inside. It's similar to Churchill in that way, where it's it's sand-based, turf course, but it does still drain to the inside. With the drier weather this week, it's not going to be firm by any means. I don't know if what you just suggested is going to come into play this weekend. It's a guess on my part. The, the inside is the fresh part of the turf course, but it's going to be the dry, fresh part of the turf course, Justin. And I don't think the outside posts are going to matter or, or be much better this weekend it's a guess of mine but i watch a lot of keelan and that that's my thought there you're going to number 13 i think it's just who knows no one knows how to pronounce, pronounce his damn horse's name. um i've heard a lot of buzz on this horse justin a lot of people i respect like this 13 again post is an issue um he ran she's uh, she Drake. ran well <laughs> she ran well in the alcibiades um but really most importantly justin 
She ran very well against Pink Q first time out, who could be an absolute monster who got injured. And then second time ran off the screen. I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but the 13, if she can get position, why can't she win, Justin? Yeah, no, she absolutely can. That's this, the first race. You're exactly right, Howard. She finished second to Pink Q. And then the second race, she was in that no man's land position, tracking a fast pace. She was like second behind by you know, two or three, and then she was two or three in front of the third place horse. That's a tough spot to be for a horse and a jockey. Um, she handled that very easily. I think from the 13 post, she might, she might be on the lead. And if she's not on the lead, I think she's going to be sitting second because, you know, there are, there are a couple horses like, um, the four free look, the five, uh, pleasant passage, the nine delight who have all been on the lead or close to the lead. But they're by no means speed horses. You know, this horse is fast. And so I would not be surprised if this horse cleared or got a really nice spot tracking from second. And if this horse can track from second on, on a pace that's moderate or slow, this horse can really finish. And so I, I think there is a lot to like about, about the 13 Zagura. Yeah. I've got the 12, I've got the 12 as an A, by the way, Midnight Mile, Justin. And right now I've got uh, Kajira as a B, but I might upgrade her. I, I like everything you said there. Let's talk about, let's go to Paul. Paul's been anxiously waiting. I want let, to, let's get Paul in here. Paul, you Not got that the anxious. Not really that anxious. No. Okay. So, <laughs> Paul, I, I don't know what to do with this horse. I'm, I'm just going to flat out say, I don't know what to do with this horse. I have free look as an A because I have that much respect for Chad and Flavian. But the problem is, as you know, Paul, she's going to take probably more money than she deserves. Uh, and she didn't have an excuse last time. That being said, she's really bred well. It's, Flav it's Flavian and Chad, and she gets a great post, and it's Klarevich. Yeah, I think it comes down to what you think of the preps. You know, we talked about this a little bit last night. And, you know, the Miss Grillo is either going to uh, turn out to be a, a key prep for this race or – a non-key prep because you have the top three finishes right next to each other. Um, you can show, you can talk it through, Paul. Here it is, right here. And, and, yeah, and, and, and I lead free look second. And, and and that was my other A here, Pleasant Passage. So I'm, I apparently I think that Miss Grillo was a key prep, and uh, if I'm wrong, I'll blow up in this race and move on to the next. Although all the horses you guys just talked of are all in my C team, so. I might have to go back to the classroom and upgrade them to bees, but uh, yeah, no, no notable excuse there. Had every opportunity to go by, but you know, I think present passage is okay. You know, we talked about this uh, last week uh, when the pre-entries came out. You know, when a Shug McGahee horse wins first time out, you gotta think the horse is pretty good because he really cranks them first time and you know hence the 15 to 1 and uh no i didn't have the horse and yes i feel stupid <laughs> um, but you know and then right into the stakes after that so i'm gonna bet that that was a key prep you know this is a race that the u.s has dominated 12 out of 14 which is you don't really see in that type of disparity in turf races in the Breeders' Cup, but this particular one has been dominated by the U.S., and, and Chad Brown has won four of the last eight. So uh, I think these two horses are pretty good. They're going to be my two A's, and if the Miss Grillo turns out to be a dud, then I'll have to play the late double. 
and Paul's got Delight in second, who got a, a who won nicely last time. The Jessamine, and then G. Laurie, who's I know a horse that I want to talk about. Yeah, and, Delight. Howard, I'm glad you mentioned Delight. You know, she ran well last time, although maybe just not fast enough. It, you know, she a 74 buyer, a, a very slow race. 24. I mean, I had her. I really liked her in that race. I like Jonathan Thomas a lot. Thank you, Catholic boy. Um, but 24 and 1, 49 and 3, 114 and 3. I mean, that was really, she had everything her own way. However, I do think she's pretty good. And while I didn't have her in my top three, she, she will be a solid B in my horizontals. Hey, Paul, just to let you know, I know I, Paul's got a new microphone. Everyone, he's sort of testing it out a little bit. Just so you know, Paul, when you look down to the left away from the monitor, the sound definitely gets a little bit worse. So, oh, okay. It just like right now, it's fine. The best you can maybe bring your paper like in like right underneath you instead of off to the left. Because how's that? But, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> I just want to make you aware the sound is quite different yeah. when you look down to the left. Yeah. Um, uh, Pete, let, let you, you got. I should have taught, let you talk about the thirteen. Also, uh, you love this horse, Pete. I know you've talked about this horse uh, for quite a while. That I've heard you. Did you want to add anything? And then also, let's talk about the five, who's my top choice. Your second choice, Justin's third choice. No, I'll just say the 13, just so it accentuated. Uh, the 13's my best bet of the day. I mean, aside from maybe wow. Cave Rock, aside from maybe Cave Rock, who's everybody's. This okay. is my favorite horse of the day. I, I, wow. I love her. I, I love the spot. I don't care about the the post, really. I, I think she works out a great trip, sort of like Justin said. So okay. I, I love this horse. So I'm, I'm all in on this one. But I think um, Justin sort of hit all the the right points, so I don't need to belabor those anymore. Uh, real quick, my top choice is Pleasant Passage. We saw the replay. Guys, her first race really is why I like Pleasant Passage. And if you need some convincing, everyone, I just want to show the stretch run of her first race, not the second race, because we saw we just saw the second race. She wired the field, uh, and I had her that day. Watch the four here in this first race in the stretch. And I'm going to let's see if I timed it out right. Okay, let me go a little bit forward. She's right here on the inside getting a very good trip. Okay, but what I like is she's waiting patiently in behind horses. And it's not often. This is the first time. You see she steadied right there, by the way. And she comes up the inside, guys, which is not easy to do for a first-time two-year-old. And she exploded here. You see she's on the inside the, in the red cap there. And right here, I want to freeze it right here. It looked like the one who was right behind her was going to go right by. But once Pleasant Passage saw the one, you see this right here, you're like, the race is over, right, guys? The one's going to win right here who just split. No, what Pleasant Passage sees this horse and fights back along the inside. For a first time, started to do that and to win. You see right there, fights all the way. Galvis out big. That's what convinced me. And I'm going to watch the gallop out here real quick. You see the right here. Guys, that's what convinced me, and that's why I liked her the next time. Obviously, I got a great situation in her second start. This is a very talented horse. Very she, talented. She showed, she showed the fight again in the second one. That was the, the one note did. I had was, this one will fight you. So if she gets into a tussle down the lane, she's hard to pass. So so if, if that comes down to that, I'll, I'll put my money on her, and you're getting a, yeah. you're getting a price as well. I rad working bullets, guys. This is going to be. I might upgrade this horse to one of my better plays of the day. It's. I know it's a two-year-old turf. Last thing we got to move on. G. Laurie. I know some people are very interested in this horse. She got a brutal trip last time. I think we were. We all talked about this horse. Uh, Paul, Pete, and myself when we talked about the Natalma. 
Uh, watch that replay. She did not get a great trip. I think she's got some talent. I don't know how talent, but she's got Buick. Uh, Graham Motion knows how to win this race. Um, he, he did it with sharing not too many years ago. Uh, this horse is interesting to me. There are a lot of Justin. Th- this race is, <laughs> I mean, shocker. Another very tough race, right? Yeah, yeah. The only thing I will say about G. Laurie is that I think the twelve to one morning line is a farce. I mean, I mean, I, I, I far be it for me to cast aspersions on anybody who's trying to do a morning line because it is impossible and it is thankless. Um, I'm just saying that I think this horse has been a buzz horse. I think this horse will be a buzz horse. Um, and I mean, th- he got, uh, she got there pounded, go. <laughs> um, in that, in that's, she got pounded in that second start. I think she was eight to one, 10 to one, 12 to one morning line in that second in, in, in the, uh, Natalma. And then the last thing I'll add on her is that she did have a bunch of trouble and like obvious trouble really gets bet these days. And also when she was clear, I didn't love the way she, f- I, th- Personally, I thought she should finish better than she did once she got clear. So all that being said, I do have her as a B. I think she does have a chance, but I would be I would be a little bit careful based on the buzz and the fact that she's going to get a, she's going to get played maybe uh, below what what her, her value says she should be. Justin, I I agree with you ninety percent. My only slight pushback on what you said is after their trouble, she came up the inside. And it didn't look like she wanted to be on the inside. It was really like reaching out the way she might yeah. have if yeah. she's on the outside. I don't know if you agree with that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think the fair. outside post might help her. Yeah. Um, you know, she's a two-year-old. I, I, I take your point. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying if she galloped out that way on the outside, I would have been more concerned. When they Once they're bothering, they're on the rail. It's like, eh, you know, I, I, I take that. I, do you agree with that at all? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I do. Some. Some. You know. Especially Phillies. I think young Phillies don't don't always love oh, being inside. Yeah. And to your point about uh, the five, that was so impressive about yeah. about what what she did. Um. You know, counter to what uh, G. Laurie did. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but that's a fair point. Paul, did you want to say something? Just one thing, uh, Pete. There is. Uh, I. I do. I have the thirteen a little bit myself. Uh, and, you know, I pay too much attention to jockeys. And, and by the way, the 13 was the horse that was interfered with in the race right. where um, yep. the other the horse got taken down. Right. Raging yep. C right. got taken down from yep. third to fourth. But, you know, I'm going to tell you, the recently concluded Keeneland meet, uh, Leperu was in an epic slump. I mean epic. And not only by numbers, two for 38, but with just some visually yeah. really uh, – I would say head scratches, but they were full body scratches uh, type rides. Uh, you know, again, that's over. You know, it's a new day. He did ride this horse twice well at Saratoga, but for whatever that's worth, uh, he is going to have to have a big change in fortune between last weekend and this weekend. Don't worry, Paul. She's going to carry him to the line. He's not even going to have to do anything. She's going to have to. He's just going to shake the reins a little bit, and then she's just going to go right by. It doesn't matter. All right, guys, let's talk about, I guess you can argue the biggest race of the day. I mean, it's the, the next race is the juvenile. Uh, whoever wins this is the preemptive favor for the Kentucky Derby next year. At least that's how it's going to be perceived. I don't buy any of that, but that's okay. That's how a lot of the publics can perceive it. You see our picks on the bottom of the screen. I'll go ahead and bring up the uh, Equibase entries. Race nine, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, $2 bucks. 
of course, for the boys, a mile 16th on the dirt. We already showed it's that a bit unusual configuration with the short run into the really the first turn and the final turn. Here's the field. There's a horse that sticks out like a sore thumb. We all have the same horse on top. So listen, if you want, if you don't want to be chalked, that's fine. This number three, Cave Rock, Justin, could be absolutely anything. Baffert, Juan Hernandez, four to five as I scroll down. Baffert does have another horse, National Treasure, who I know one person on the screen is very, very, very uh, interested in. I'll let him talk about uh, this race after you talk, Justin. You're not messing around. You're just going with the chalk here. I, I am. Uh, you know, the, the, the draw was huge because Hurricane J draws inside of Cave Rock. And yeah. if Cave Rock would have drawn inside of Hurricane J, that might have been more an is- of an issue. However, okay. Cave Rock is going to need to prove that he can rate because Hurricane J may only be able to keep up with him for a half mile, but he is going to be gunned to the lead from the one post. And Cave Rock is going to have to either go really fast to get ahead of him or uh, prove that he can sit and stalk. And I think that he can, but it may make things a little bit interesting. Um, so Justin, the more did you listen to our show last night? I, I swear. Did you listen to our show last night? I, swear I did I not. Exactly. I said Hurricane Jay is probably going to finish last, but he also could go 45 to the half. And people are going to look around and say, what is this 50 to one knucklehead bothering Cave Rock? So I totally, I don't, I didn't want to interrupt your, seal your thunder yeah. there, but I just want to emphasize that I personally completely agree that Hurricane Jay, although might finish last, might be a reason why Cave Rock loses by like an inch. He might be the fly in the ointment. And, and yep. so, the, you know, the more I'm thinking about this, let's talk about, national treasure for a second baffert takes the blinkers off in the american pharaoh baffert totally orchestrated that race didn't he i mean he 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 took the blinkers off so national treasure would not press cave uh cave rock um he knew that national treasure needed a run around two turns if there's one thing i know about baffert it's that his horse is stretching out from six furlongs to a two-turn race, first time, will not fire their best effort. And so he knew this horse was not going to fire his best effort. He took the blinkers off, let Cave Rock have, it, have his turn. He orchestrated the other two horses. Uh, he had four horses in the race. He had them third and fourth. Now he puts the blinkers back on because he knows National Treasure runs better with the blinkers on. His last work was huge. He galloped out huge. Velasquez is is a great jockey. Um, when he gets to sit outside and stalk, there's a scenario in which National Treasure can run by Cave Rock late. The, the more I'm thinking about this, guys, the more I want to upgrade National Treasure to an A. Um, and, and 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 you know and and double up the A's. I, I just think. There, there's a, there's a, a scenario, a realistic scenario that I can conjure up in which National Treasure can win the race. Justin, Justin is, this is Justin why you were selected. Justin's become the Justin, president of the Paul Allen fan club. <laughs> you were, this is why, Justin, you were selected out of thousands of other potential guest hosts for right. tonight's show. Thousands. Right. Okay. 
No, Paul, uh, go so, ahead. I mean, you, you've been talking yeah, about this Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, Paul has an A2. Yeah, I do. We talked about it last night, Justin, when we were talking mainly on post positions, but we yep. did delve a little into. And, you know, I, I, I think the horse, uh, I, I mentioned, you know, some would say, well, yeah, he's the far outside, but he's the 10, not the 12 or the 14, which right. is a little better. Uh, Johnny V, I mentioned that, that he's got the perfect guy on him. I agree with you uh, about the, you know, the Baffert uh, tactics. And, of course, in, in the Breeders' Cup, you know, it's every man for himself. The, all the owners know that, you know, uh, the, every horse has to be given the best chance to win. Uh, I, I, I agree with Howard that Hurricane Jay is, is just going to send. And, uh, you know, again, is Cave Rock the likeliest winner? Yes, but I had said as early as last night, Justin, that I, I have had National Treasure as an A throughout, and uh, he is he remains an A. And based on your thoughts, Justin, he's now an A+. plus. Ah, well, you know... Uh, I appreciate that, Paul. You know, um, the other thing to add is that Bafford wanted to run National Treasure in the Breeders' Futurity. Yes, he didn't. He didn't have enough. He, he didn't have enough earnings. He only had that maiden win, and so he sent the. I can't remember the horse he sent over. He sent the B team over and kept yeah. him there. Took the blinkers off. Yada yada yada. What you know, the, the whole thing we laid out. And so that's an important piece. He thinks a lot of this horse. Like some, um, somebody in the chat just um, mentioned that as well. He he. He, he does really like this horse. He's a little coy about it, but um, yeah, this horse can run. Uh, and I think the last race, people are going to get too caught up, Justin, in that last race. Well, how's he going to make up five and a half lengths on Cave Rock? Well, we just told you how. That's right. <laughs> well, let's, let's, watch the, well, let's watch this race. Justin or Paul, I'll let you carry the, carry the day here. Um, what, what makes you think that the six to beat the five? Uh, Saturday is it is it just the one being sent Justin yeah and I, I think he there was no intention on Baffert's part to win this race with national treasure you know he's he's done this a lot of times yeah. um, over over the course of his of his training uh, career you know um, I mean just the, taking the blinkers off is the, it was the was the tip you know he didn't want him on the lead he's got more speed than he's shown um, Hernandez was not aggressive out of the gate I mean, uh, sorry, Vasquez was not aggressive out of the gate. Um, they handed it to Cave Rock, and Cave Rock is an immense talent. I mean, he he runs like his sire Arrogate, and I think the longer the better. He looked great in his last work. I'm not I'm not saying for one minute that he is not a deserving favorite or that he is not the most likely winner because he is. But there is a scenario in which and, and National Treasure uh, can win. He's talented, and he's going to be four, five, six to one. Yeah, I that last race, you you talked about. We've seen this with Baffert. I mean, it was so ridiculous that National Treasure you knew was absolutely not going after Cave Rock in that last race. It was just so evident from the start. We have seen that before. Uh, Pete, let's talk about our second choice here because they might be absolutely right. I I don't know. I I I'm slightly concerned that they're going to be very right and that that the pace won't quite develop a national treasure might be that good. I'm a big fan of blazing seven speed. I've talked about this horse a lot. I'm going to let you talk before I say anything. This is a six to one Flavian Pratt, Chad Brown horse coming off a win in the champagne. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a pretty impressive win. I mean, I, you had that horse. I mean, you you could speak to this one just as well because you you had that horse and touted it on the show last time. My thought too was, and it depends what you're looking for. I mean, I think if the pace melts down, this horse can come. You know, if it does heat up and everything goes crazy, then I think Blazing Sevens and Forte are two that could be coming off the pace, and I think this one could do that. You've seen that. You saw that kick. Pratt picked her, picked him up last time and, and just sort of ran a, a beautiful race. I mean, perfect spot, saved ground, made the move, you know, didn't worry about getting sort of stuck on the rail, made the move when he's supposed to, like Pratt always does. Got this horse open in open space. I mean, he got a little, you see, he got a little kicked, kicked maybe a couple paths out there, but then just opened up and gave him a clear running lane. And if he gets that here, and if you're talking about, Cave Rock maybe getting worn down for some reason by Hurricane Jay or some of the other horses, then I think this one could sort of clear on the outside. But just for the record, I had the second, third, fourth, and fifth picks all basically on the same line for me. So I put two of them here in my second and third spot. But to me, all four of them, depending on the trip that they get and depending upon what Cave Rock does, all four of them are kind of logical potential upsetters if cave rock goes to goes to crap for some reason it was a it was a nice gallop out i don't have much to add pete i just this horse is professional in every sense yeah, of the word. yeah. and he's not slow okay i mean and that last race you know people say well it was the slop that well what happened the time before it didn't run well in the slop so it, he's by good magic he's training well um paul i want to ask you a question before we move on to the next race i'm going to go full screen um no one's listening to me for the BCBC anyway, so no one's going to repeat what I'm about to do. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say this. What do you think about playing a, a try uh, for me in the BCBC uh, with Cave Rock and National Treasure over Cave Rock, National Treasure over Blazing Sevens uh, and really pounding that uh, at different amounts with Cave Rock on top? Uh, what do you think of that play in this race? I think you better. I think you better be able to hit it with Blazing Sevens running second. Well, I was going to put him second too, maybe. Yeah. You know, I was. I was thinking maybe. You know, the two Bafferts by the three horses by the by the two horses. Like I don't yeah. see Cave Rock finishing third. I was going to go Cave Rock National Treasure with those three, with just National Treasure Blazing Sevens. Do you know what I mean? And not yep. putting National Treasure in third. Excuse me. Not paying Cave Rock third because I don't think he's going to finish third. Am I making sense? Yeah, that's yeah, it's possible. Other uh, except for the scenario that you know, uh, uh, National Treasure runs by him like Justin and I think he can, and then Blazing Seven just gets nails them both on the wire. You know, that was a pretty good effort by Blazing Sevens that you just I showed. Now I don't know how great the field is. You know, verifying's in this race. You know, has good. You know, buyer-wise, not bad. But, you know, in the slop, down on the rail, had to swing him way wide, got a little little bit of a bump, you know, had to alter course a little bit. Um, so uh, I think that was a good race. And it, just one – I don't want to beat a dead horse, so to speak. But, you know, that that second quarter in that Delmar Futurity, I mean, um, in the American Pharaoh, the, the race that we showed with Cave Rock and National Treasure – he went like 24, 24 and one. I mean, you want to talk about national treasure making no effort, as Justin said, to to win the race. 
you know, he he was just allowed to walk through that second quarter. And, you know, again, he could just be dominant and and be done with it. But um, at four to five or maybe even three to five, uh, I, I'm willing to, to spend a few dollars to see how good he is. Last thing, I'll throw this out to Pete or Justin. I'm against Forte. I, I don't know why. I just – he got a really great trip last time in the Keelan race. I'm not – sure how good that Keelan race is he's gonna be over bad it's Irad and Todd I mean uh, sure he could finish in the money I don't know I think Blazing Seven's a national treasure a lot more interesting to me Justin or Pete yeah well he's I think um you know Loggins was the one he wanted out of that race yeah he's not he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna be running um and and but you know it's I think it's fair to also ask how much did that race take out of take out of him you know they they dueled the length of the stretch and, you know, it was less than a month ago. And so, you know, you have to have that in the back of your mind as well. Yeah, I, I'm not – I mean, I'm going to use him defensively in some way just because if the pace for some reason melts down, um, I, I think he's the the only horse that has a chance to come running. Uh, but, well, shouldn't say that because Blazing Sevens, I agree with you, does have a chance to close in. Um, and, and I'd prefer Blazing Sevens over Forte. But there, there's a – there's a probably an all A with Forte ticket that I'll have just in case something weird happens. Okay. Do you get the feeling, Justin, that Forte might be way behind in this race? Like yeah. maybe even too yeah. much. Yeah. 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 Fair. Because, um, you know, I, I think that I think second time routing, they tend to get further behind than coming sprint to route. You know, I think, so I think, Paul, that's a that's an astute point. I think that he may be further behind even than he was in the last race, which would put him further behind the eight ball. And I think Blayton Sevens can be closer than you guys think too. I, I I'm not saying he's going to be close, but he'll be mid flight and just and read it. And he's got to go two turns. That's my only concern. Mm-hmm. I I hate when horses have not gone two turns, but unless he's trained, you know, by a master, he's by good magic who. Won two turns, fine. Won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Pete, final thoughts on Forte. We got to get to the last race. No, I agree with everything on Forte. I will say, though, just we didn't mention him. I actually like verifying. I think he's going to probably float up a little bit, too, because I think some of the other ones are probably taking a little more buzz. Yeah, a couple people mentioned in the comments. One thing I did like, and I thought verifying ran sort of a – made sort of a winning move and Blazing Sevens just ran by him. And and this may mean nothing. I'm not an expert on it by any means, but – he only has like a two, 327 Tomlinson on the wet. So maybe he didn't even love the wet and didn't run to his potential. And if he does, and if he, and he still ran a really good race and he improved, you know, he improved from a time form standpoint, improved a little bit from a buyer standpoint. And if he's good, which it looked like he might be $775,000 purchase from Cox and Rosario, if he fires and likes the track more this time, then I think he could fire and just sit off. And if there is some funny business up front, he'll be right in that second wave with national um, national treasure. Yeah. Uh, guys, let's move on to race 10. This is the last race of the day. I personally don't like the fact that the juvenile turf is last. I don't know why they switched that. But anyway, um, juvenile turf, two-year-olds, of course. Uh, this is for the boys. A million dollars. Of course, that one-mile configuration on the main track. Another very difficult race as I scroll down to the bottom of the screen there. Uh, 14 horses. No one's on the AE list. The more line favorite here is the number four, Silver Knot, a talented horse um, from the Appleby Yard, 
for William Buick. Justin, you're going to go with a California horse, and this is not just not your normal California turf horse. This is a really nice horse. Packs a wallop, the number two for Jeff Mullins and Mike Smith, six to one morning line. Yeah, I'm I'm usually um, on the bandwagon of California horses coming east to run in turf races. Um, they're usually a toss for me. However, it's it's gotten so hyped that um, I think if you can find one, there's a whole bunch of extra value. Now, that being said, you know, Nick Tamaro, who's as sharp as they come, you know, I was expecting to see 12 to one. And, he, you know, he's got this horse at six to one. Um, which tells me right there that there's, you know, there's a need to look closer. So um, I, I would say about his last race that he won very easily. I mean, he won even easier than this, than the, the, the running line show. And he looked good doing it. He won with his ears pricked and Mike Smith only showed him the stick once, maybe twice. It's a little hard to tell, but I mean, if you watch him coming home, his ears were forward. He had so much left in the tank. So here he is striking the front. He pulls the stick out, sort of flags it at him once, hands and heels, kind of flags it at him there a second time. And then he's just, just you know, coasting. I mean, look at this horse stick his neck out. He's running through the wire. He was never got to the bottom of him. And I think this horse is going to get a very good trip. I think, um, you know, He's faster than Victoria Road, which means he'll probably find himself on the rail. He'll probably be stalking from third. And, um, you know, I, I'm not going to – I'm not a Mike Smith, Mike Smith turf basher. Um, I, I, I don't always love his turf rides. However, in a big spot, when I know the horse is going to get an inside trip, I'll take Mike Smith in a, in, you know, in, in a money race. And so – I think this horse, I'm hoping he's six to one or higher. I was shocked at the morning line. Um, I think he presents a, a very, very good chance if Silver Knot doesn't fire. I, I will concede that Silver Knot is the most likely winner. He's the classiest horse. He's got the best turn of foot. He's got a great post. He's got a great rider. He's got Charles Appleby, you know, who's insane in the States. And so, you know, he's the most likely winner. But I, I think this horse is, is is even better than his PP's lead on. Wow. Well, you know, Nick is going with the contrarian view. I know a lot of people feel that way, that a West Coast turf horse coming east with Mike Smith on turf. I mean, there are some negatives. Justin, I have to say, I don't. I have this horse as a B. Huh, I don't know. I, I agree with everything you're saying, but that field looked very bad to me. I'm sorry. No one was really running in behind. Like, that's as good as he can run. Right. I mean, he, he was just sitting outside. It's sort of like yeah. a harness horse who's just sitting in the pocket, just angles out, just tips out and just goes by. Like everything went perfectly for Pax Wild in that race. I'm sure he could have run better, maybe 85, 86. I don't know, Justin. That last race was just so perfect. And it was just a bad field. Mike Smith, by the way, to your point, to give you some credit, can women serve forces. Remember, he, ran, he won with Althika uh, in New York. Was it two summers ago, guys? And it was like yeah. six to one for Appleby. Mike Smith can still ride, but no, he's not. He's not a turf rider uh, by any means. Justin, did you want to talk about the six before I go to the rest of my panel? Yeah, I think you know this is the this is the the horse that loves Keeneland. 
if the pace heats up, he's he's going to you know he's got he's got the right you know they sort of played musical jockeys in this race. Rosario lands here. Wayne Catalano is a great record in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, I don't know its stats off the top of my head, but I, but I know his record is very good in the Breeders' Cup, and I, I think that this horse has an excellent turn of foot. And so if the pace heats up, um, he will come running. And, uh, you know, I'm, I feel pretty confident that he's going to finish one, two or three, even more so than, than either the other two. I know that sounds a little, um, a little weird, but you know, I'm confident that this horse is going to run its race just because he, he, you know, he, he likes Keeneland and he's got Rosario. Um, and, you know, he he managed to um, make that win look easy last time against, um, I don't know, it wasn't a great field, but it wasn't a, wasn't a bad field. Deer District ran, by the way, very well. He's the horse he won out of that race besides, uh, and the winner is. But, you know, I, I think this horse um, fits in, in, in for, for lots of reasons. And so, he, you know, he would be my third choice. I, he'd be a B for me. Um, the two and the four would be A's and, and he would be a B. Okay. Um, he ran very well. This race completely fell apart though. I just want to point that out. I'm not saying he can't win. I'm personally not a fan of this horse only because of the pace just completely fell apart and he took advantage of it, but maybe he's better than I give him credit for. He's certainly bred to be very good by Oscar performance. I have a scat daddy mare. So there's, there's clearly breeding there. Pete, let's go to you because Pete, you've got a horse that none of us have in our top three. And you've got this horse on top, so everyone better pay attention. And in case you're wondering if Pete Visco can pick a long shot at a turf race, uh, Pete, before you talk about Webslinger, why don't you go ahead and throw everyone a, a bone and pat yourself on the back and talk about what happened this summer with the turf horse on oh, the yeah. show. Kidadan, who I, who I like. Kidadan, Kidadan. what yeah. the odds? 40, 41, 41 to one or something. Yes, yeah, yes. one it, one it by a nose or, or, or yep. like a hair or a whisker. Yeah, that was a, I'll, I'll take that one every day of the week. You don't get you many of those. You know I just realized, Pete? You're not taking this horse because for Jackson, are you? Web slinger. No, you know what? You know what's funny? Until you said <laughs> that, that I didn't Jackson even. Play, isn't I didn't, it? Wait, I, wait a minute, Paul. I this didn't is, even put oh, that together. BS. His son's a huge Spider-Man fan, Justin. He doesn't even like this horse. He just likes the name. Come on, no, Pete, you know, I up. swear, I swear to God, I didn't even realize Web Slinger. I didn't even put it together. But yes, by the way, my wife, well, I'll forget tomorrow. She knows nothing. She watched a little bit of our thing last week and she said Regal Glory tomorrow. That's that's her wow. pick. So in case I forget, that was her. Uh, OK. And because our dog is a is a half Rottweiler, half Beagle. So that was her. That's her okay. expert analysis. So in case I forget that tomorrow, <laughs> Jess, that one was for you. Yeah, no, this one, I, I, like Paul mentioned earlier, this was one of the races that I was doing for our, for our power picks. And I like every horse basically. So I'm a, I was about nine deep in my first go around, if not more. And this horse, I just, this horse has a bunch of things that aren't great. Like the, the, the come home fractions aren't as great as they should be. And I, you know, it's, 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 it didn't beat much of anything in either race. But what I did like was two back, which, which race is this? You're showing the Mammoth one, the which this race. was, this was pretty impressive. Just a sort of a closing sweeping move, but the one two back, I'll talk about it quickly. Cause you can just sort of watch this one as, as uh, he sort of rolls by, but two back that horse was checked was super green, was all over the place, dropped to dead last in the lane, basically. And then still, 
came rolling late. Now, again, it wasn't chasing much and it was at, but it was at five and a half furlongs and was still eating up ground. And I just think this one, I mean, it's bred to go a little longer. So, you know, the adding the extra 16th doesn't really bother me. The buyers and the time form, the time form of 101 in that race you just showed is right on par. It's only one point behind Silver Knot, who has the highest time form of 102 in the race. So it's right there. The figures are improving. Again, I think this needs this one needs to, to move forward. But at 20 to 1 in a race where I'm about six deep on my A-line, I like this one and I'm putting it in and taking a shot to try and catch a monster and close this thing out. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with this horse. I will, I'll say one negative, and I could be way off base here. I liked Dakota Gold last year. If you guys remember, this is the horse yeah. that ended up being the favorite because the modern game is debacle. He was coming off an impressive win at Monmouth. I guess just my point, Pete, is I don't know about the class. but No, you know, I agree. I, That's I, I don't I said, the disagree class. with anything you said. This just has got like Dakota Gold kind of feel. But, of course, this horse is going to be 25 to 1, and Dakota Gold ended up being four to one, but before the modern games thing was like six to one. So you're yeah. getting a bigger price. Yeah, I just you're not, this one's that. not getting bet down. If, if nine horses scratch, this one still won't be the favorite, <laughs> I think. So I think we're okay yeah. there. <laughs> um, Pete, let's talk about the eight and then I'm going to go to Paul and myself because Paul and I are thinking very similarly. Paul, I love your pick, by the way, this race. Uh, Pete, Chad Brown, I'm very busy, was very good last time. And I got to show the replay because I like this eight a lot. Okay. I know he looks slow on paper. There's no question about it. But it's Chad Brown. It's Flavian. And the last race, I know some people like Major Dude. Can we please watch his last race? If you like Major Dude, and I know some people do like Major Dude in this race, take a look at this race because Major uh, – sorry, I'm very busy is the 10. Major Dude is the 3. And uh, I'm very busy. Got a perfectly fine trip. He, he's right here. But this was a dawdling, you see he's right here, was a dawdling pace. And this move that I'm very busy makes into a slow pace, to me, Pete, was very impressive. I'll let it roll. It's the Clarevetch on the outside. Yeah, and I, I think the this is another one who, who sort of made a winning move. And you're not really sure why I didn't go by, aside from the fact, like you said, that the pace was slow. Major Dude is a good horse and was able to kick back away. But my thing would be if Chad has this one and it's sort of two things. One, if Chad sort of has this one geared up for this race and, you know, third start, then this one will be really sharp for this one. And second, the Pilgrim was a weird one just because of the yielding turf. So you're not sure if one horse liked it a little bit more than the other. I think Major Dude did also. And this one, I mean, you watch this winning move. I mean, you get a little hung up on, uh, not to not to coin the phrase, this horse hung a little bit and should have yeah. maybe went by. But again, it's still, it's his second race only. I like to see him get another one under him. Again, the yielding turf, you're not really sure. Had a little bit more of a wider trip. Major Dude had, you know, his own way up front and just sort of had a beautiful trip following horses that were they were he was just better then so i think he had a much easier trip yeah there he you came go home 30, 45. Have, yep we haven't shown a lot of, of pace you know figures tonight or not a lot of incremental splits but he came home the fastest there um you know and look how far you know back he was so yeah um you know uh I think he's. I think he's interesting. Anything else before we get to uh, and that and that horse was seventy five cents in that race. So it's not like that was a horse that. I mean, that was very well thought of horse. Sorry to interrupt you there, Howard. But I mean, this horse has been pretty big favorite in the in the first two races too, which we always like to see. 
All right, Paul, let's let's end our conversation and get to our pick fives here. Um, Victoria Road. Again, I'll put this on the screen. Everyone watch episode 187 if you want more reasons. If you agree with Paul and myself, watch episode 187 because 197. 197. 197. <laughs> it's been a long week, guys. 197 with Davy Lane. This horse <laughs> breaks well, Paul. We've talked about this. I'm not worried about the rail. Not, we're not saying he's a speed horse, but he breaks well. He's professional. He's turning back. Um, I don't mind the rail here. I mean, he's going to save ground to the first turn. He figures to get a good trip. He might be a decent price. What what not to like about this horse, Paul? Uh, Ryan Moore could get him beat. Wow. Dang. Firing. I know it's. I know the if the race were in upstate New York, it'd be an almost a guarantee. But no, I, I like the horse. Davy was high on the horse. Uh, you know, the horses uh, as Euros tend to is at a very ambitious campaign. This is race number eight, which you have to like. You know, we uh, you see the U.S. horses and few of them and start three or four. But yeah, he, he should get a good trip. But I got to tell you, Justin just increased the cost of my tickets because I was I had packs of wallop as like a b plus 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 and now he's gonna have to be an a because I, I was just just wasn't pulling the trigger to make him an a and after listening to justin uh, i am uh, I, I will now have three a's in the race and it's a it's the british cup it's only money but um <laughs> i do i do you know this horse is bred well howard uh, Aiden O'Brien has won this race four times, so this is one of the races you do want Aiden O'Brien in. Uh, the rate, you know, he'll break, but he's certainly not going to be on or near the lead. And in this race, you typically want someone coming from behind, so et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think Silver Knot is beatable, but has to be an A. So, uh, but my yes, my top pick was the one. Silver Knot, real quick, I just want to bring this horse on screen, then we're going to move on to our pick fives, guys. Uh, Davies against this horse. I, I've heard some very good Euro experts that are a bit against this horse. He, he's a bit he's a bit one pace, guys. He might want longer, and Appleby has flat out said that his older horses are better. He has more confidence with them, with your nation's prides, with your rebel romances, with your, you know, um, with your modern games. He's more confident about the older horses than his two-year-olds. We talked about that also, Justin, on our show. So mm. I, I'm not saying Silver Knot can't win. There's The value is just not going to be good on this horse. And there's so many other interesting horses, right, Justin? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And typically, the Euros have dominated this juvenile turf. Uh, and so, you know, if, if, if not Silver Knot, then probably, Vic, you know, Victoria Road. And, um, you know, I just wanted to make a, a quick point because I have a, a big trip note on Reckoning Force. And okay. I don't know if he can win, but he can he can run in the number. He had a load of trouble, none of which is mentioned in the PPs besides that he was slow and, and squeezed at the start, which he lost two lengths. Um, but at the eighth pole, he had to shift out like six paths. And then he got bumped by the Philly to it's by the, um, the the horse to his outside. And he never, never was able to get get into a, um, in, into a, a top. So he's the three uh, right here. Right he's the there. three. Great move to cut the corner. All right, and so watch this. So so he Jock decides to swing out six paths. So he goes way out. So he's going sideways now, and well, all the other horses are going forward. And then 
He gets bumped yeah, sideways yeah. by that horse. He, he runs into the horses behind him. He still can't find room, still can't find room, still can't find room, still can't find room. Never really gets going. Finally gets a little bit of room and gallops out really big. I don't know if he's good enough to win. I think he can hit the board at a gigantic price. Um, and yeah. so I'll be using I'll be using him somewhere. Um, I like that one, Justin. I had that one as a C because of I, I thought that was a, a really deceptive bad trip and that horse was coming. So I don't, again, it's tough on the win end, but I think for sure as an underneath that at probably after a seventh by five, those odds are probably going to shoot way up. Sorry to cut you off there. But. No, no, no. You're, you're exactly right. It, and it's not, the key is it's not, none of it's really mentioned in the running lines. And so yeah, yeah. there's, there's baked in, you know, there's baked in value there. And um, you know, Brendan Walsh can, can train a turf horse. So I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to play him underneath somehow, somewhere. I, I don't want to, you know, poo-poo or knock anyone with a 20-to-1 shot. I, I like that replay, Justin. I just want to point out, especially the more inexperienced people that are listening and watching, is the race was collapsing. So the horse that are coming from behind had a big mm -hmm. advantage in that race. So, yes, he had trouble, but he was sort of with the – you would agree, Justin, that he was with the flow of the race in the stretch. It's not as if it was a slow pace <clears throat> and, and, and he was closing to a slow pace. So the fact that he was further back uh, – gives horses an advantage going forward. He was just following horses that were in the flow, like a harness race, Justin. I just want to just point that yes. out. I, I agree with you. He's yep. interesting underneath, but yep. I guess that's the kind of replay that I'd be like, yep. I don't know. I got to be a little bit careful with. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure. And, and, and the pace did collapse. And so just a side note, I, I don't know where deer district for, for Dale Romans is going to run next, but, he was the horse that, you know, he was, he was second the entire race and he held on for second. He ran gigantic. Um, okay. And so just a side yeah. note, put him in your stable, stable mail for, yeah, for the next time he comes back. Cause I think he's, you know, he's super live wherever for he shows your, up. For all you uh, Milwaukee Bucks fans out there. All right, guys. Hey, so hey, real, oh, sorry, Howard, real quick. Cause we had the question earlier and, and Justin, yeah. I know you like the time forms a little bit as well. Yeah. If you look at reckoning force and this is more for just in general, if you look at his buyers versus his time form, time form likes this horse a lot more than buyer does. You look, it's a 93 to a 66. So a 27, then a 29, then a, a 30. So time form kind of likes this horse. If you look at the time form ratings, they're a little bit closer than maybe the buyers make it out to be. So Justin, I don't know if you like to look at the differences. I like to look at that to see if time form, because then it takes in a few different things into account. And this one was just really pronounced because it's almost like every race time form just seems to like this horse a lot better. Yeah. It's, it's more of a, it's, more of a performance rating, isn't it? Like, um, the, you know, they'll upgrade and downgrade for with the pace against the pace. Yeah. So yeah. 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 It's less, it's less of a hardcore, um, you know, final, final time figure. Final time figure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just wanted to mention that because that yeah, can come into yeah. play in other races as well, both ways. Great point. All right, guys, let's wrap. We're going to wrap up the show with the pick five. Now, uh, Paul, you, 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 Paul and Pete, especially Justin, give me a hard time for being cheap. Uncle Howard and only allowing $50 pick fives. Guys, we got to bump it up. This is the Breeders' Cup. So we I asked my uh, my co-host and guest, Justin, here tonight to give me up to a $100 pick five. Uh, this is a very difficult sequence. Justin, we're going to start with you. Uh, we got to read this off, Justin, because there are people that are listening that can't see uh, the screen like later on. So let me read. Sure. Let me sure. read so, pick um, five. Sure. Oh. So in, in, in the sixth, uh, I'm going to spread. I'm going to okay. use the two love reins. 
the three private creed, the four dramatized, the five mischief magic, uh, the six Persian force, the eight American apple, who's a Philly, but I loved her race. She, she won at 47 to one, but she was good that day. And uh, I'm going to use speedboat beach defensively. I mean, if I'm tearing him, he'd be a C. Um, so that's, I, I, that's the race that I find the most inscrutable. Um, in the seventh, I'm going to use the seven chop chop and the 14 raging C too deep there. Uh, in the eighth, <clears throat> I'm going to use the five pleasant passage who I think might pose some value. I'm going to use the 10 meditate who I don't love, but um, you know, I, I feel like um, I have to use the 11 G Lori. And then, you know, my top play, the 12 midnight mile and the 13, Zagira, uh, somebody put, put put the pronunciation in the, it's in the Kijira, chat. Kijira, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, okay. Kijira. So um, I'm going to spread there, and then on my ticket, I I singled Cave Rock. Um, you know, you heard me talk. I, I would strongly consider adding National Treasure as an A. I know that doubles a ticket. I would probably go skinny other places. Um, but, you know, that's something I'm still toying with. I'm giving a serious consideration to National Treasure to have a chance. And then in the last, um, I'm going two packs of wild and the four silver knot. And I, I think you guys have convinced me um, that I need to include Victoria Road on my ticket as well. Uh, and so I, I would I would encourage anybody uh, that's listening to, you know, include Victoria Road just because the Euros have had such a great record in this race. And uh, Aiden O'Brien, you know, he was supposed to send over one or two others and, and didn't, you know, and so that may say something about how he feels about Victoria Road. Anyway, $70 ticket. If you want, you know, if you want to mix in a, a couple of those that I, I mentioned, it could be a little more, just cut it somewhere else. Terrific. Uh, Pete, real quick. Uh, actually, Justin, are you good for five more minutes or do you got to? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm good. Right. Actually, while, while Pete explains his, I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick. So I'll be yeah, right back. Please do, please do so. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. right to do that. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Pete's got two, three, nine with seven, eight, 14 with one, five, 13 with three with one, two, four, five, eight, ten. 10. Pete, you know, there are big fields when your pick five has a lot of double digit horse numbers uh, I mean, in them. Uh, yeah, that doesn't happen often. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I sort of singled Cave Rock in the fourth leg, not to just start with that one because that one's the simplest. And again, I don't think he's like a dead lock, but on my A-level ticket, I'll go with him and then I'll probably back that up um, and try and get some prices underneath. The first leg, I actually sort of like the horses. I mean, I, I went with Love Rain, so I just really like and, and Private Creed and then went with the long shot sharp as attack for the for the speed advantage. Then in the juvenile Phillies, which I think, again, is wide open, but I, I sort of like I like Chop Chop. I love Raging Sea aside from the post and I like Atomically as we talk about. So I'll just stick with those three and then go a little deeper on the and a B and C leg. Third leg. Comanche County or Comanche, Comanche country. We didn't really talk about, but no, that was didn't. one that I like. And I definitely want to have that one on my ticket, but I really like pleasant passage and Kajira is my, my top choice of the day. So obviously that one's there, then cave rock. And then in the last race, I was all over the board. I liked everybody. So I wound up going six deep. The only one we didn't talk about was the five battle in Normandy. Again, another 20 to one morning line shot that, didn't look really good in that last race, but I, there were some things that I liked. I thought he had a little more trouble than it seemed. 
And on, as for a 20 to one shot, again, I'm trying to close this one out with the bombs, have a couple 20 to one shots there, but I'm going way deep and have almost every horse on the ABC lines. Uh, Justin, we had Jason Blewett on the show a few weeks ago from West Point, who's a great guy. They're high on Battle of Normandy. They, they think he's got talent. He hasn't really put it together yet, but uh, we were just talking about the five in the last race of the day there. Um, Paul, let's go to you. Paul's got a oh, nice uh, Just one thing, Howard. There was uh, there was a set of PPs. I was using the ones before the entries okay. were done. And when they announced the entries, they announced the 10 and 12 wrong. So the first leg should be 12, not 10. Can you okay. fix that? Can I fix that? Can, Can you fix, fix it? Can what, you what fix it correctly and quickly? I think well, he meant. What do you think? That's wow. a amateur? What the hell? Correctly and quickly, wow. he meant. Yeah. That's what he Paul's was going got, for. Paul's got two. Hey, no calculus is being taught this week, Pete, but damn it, he can fix my <laughs> can pick, fix five. pick five. <laughs> Paul's got two, five, six, twelve, with five, seven, with four, five, nine, ten, with three, ten. There you go, Justin. He's using National Treasure, at least in this ticket, equally, with one, two, four. Paul, what do you think is going on in my class? We're watching replays on the big screen. We're not watching. There's a lot priorities, of man. Priorities. I once, Howard, I once knew a special ed teacher who taught with my wife, who was the greatest guy in the world, but a real character. He legitimately brought his middle school special ed students to Wonderland Dog Track and <laughs> sold it as he was teaching them numbers and statistics. Only he could pull it off. Now you get fired. Anyway. By the way, for the record, in case anyone at Round Lake High School is listening in my administration, I am not doing that in my classes, and I've been there. <laughs> All right. Paul, Paul so, yeah, so uh, basically the first leg was a combination of my A's and B's, although I have Private Creed I do have as a B, but I think might be more of a board horse. So I went Love Reigns, uh, Mischief Magic. Uh, I, I do have the pla uh, Persian uh, force that we talked about, and I do have the Platinum Queen because I don't want to get beat by that horse. The second leg, I did go a little skinny. Uh, I, I went only with Chop Chop and Wonder Wheel, so I'm very much exposed there. Uh, the third leg, I uh, think it's a spread race. I have Free Look, Pleasant, Pleasant Passage, your horse, Howard. Uh, Delight, who, as I said, if he's fast enough, I think could win. He may not be fast enough. And Meditate, whom we talked about. Uh, the Juvenile, we covered that. I, I just want to be able to I want to be able to hit this one without Cave Rock, and I want to be able to hit the Saturday one without Flightline in the event that should happen. And then the last leg, uh, I was going to go too deep, but I definitely went three deep because my, my new A, the newest member of my A team, Paxil Wallop, is included in my caveman ticket. There you go. Justin, that makes Justin happy. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to close out with my pick five. I had a difficult time in terms of how much, how deep to spread and where if I was playing a $100 ticket. And, guys, I got to max out 100 because I'm giving everyone 100 Here's my ticket. I'm going very deep early. And I'm going skinny late. I'm going 2, 4, 5, 6, 12 with 7, 8, 11, 14 with 4, 5, 10, 11, 12 with 3, with 1, 8. Guys, here's my feeling. I, I just want to survive and get to the last race. I, I'm going to use others uh, other than Cave Rock. Of course, I'm playing a bigger pick five than this. And rumor has it we're playing a big pick six on Friday for a syndicate. Uh, so we're excited about that. So obviously I'm going more. I really believe in this Victoria Road. And 
I don't think the juvenile, you have to go very deep. I know Pete disagrees based on his ticket. I don't know, guys. I'm against Silver Knot. I'm against and the winner is. I, I think I'm very busy. The eight is interesting. I'm concerned there's not a lot of pace. In fact, Justin, I might switch that to one, two. I'm not sure if I if held my feet to the fire. I do like Pax of Wallach. I just, man, I don't know. A California horse being these horses, yeah. I just don't know. But I absolutely love Victoria Road for sure. And again, I think I'm very busy. Was really against the flow last time. And I am not going to get beat by Chad Brown of last race of the day for, you know, a five-digit score or whatever it might be. So there is my ticket. Guys, we've gone uh, almost two hours. Justin, sorry to keep you on this long. But I know we my love pleasure. talking horse racing. As we as we finish the show, Justin, I'll let you close it out. Any final thoughts for Saturday? Any picks, excuse me, for Friday? Why don't you throw us a pick for Saturday? Maybe a long shot and maybe a best bet that's not obvious. Do you have a, do you have a horse on Saturday based on trips that you really love? And maybe a horse that you like around like four to one-ish. That, that might be a nice horse to, to win as well. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think in the Philly and Mare turf, uh, Rogier is going to run a big, really big race at 12 to one. I think she's finally rounding back into form. I think that last race at Woodbine and EP Taylor was large. Uh, she steadied pretty hard. Um, I loved her workouts. In my opinion, she was out working Regal Glory. Uh, and so I, I like Rogier in the, in the sixth. Um, and then I'll throw out a, a, a long shot that I think has a chance. I don't know if the horse can win, but I think maybe the horse can uh, hit the board. And that's in the eighth race, the Breeders' Cup mile, Cheryl Spite. She's 30 to 1. Uh, if you draw a line through the Churchill race, four back, the Monmouth dirt race, um, and then she, was, she went too short going seven furlongs at Woodbine. Her last race was better than it looked in the Woodbine mile. She had a tough trip. Modern Games just blew that open. Now, listen, if Modern Games runs his race, uh, yes, he's he he's going to be a, a handful. But um, Cheryl Spite ran the best race of his life at Keeneland in April, um, ran huge against against the big speed flow. And Roger Atfield can point a horse to a race. I think this horse can run big at 30 to one, uh, picking Saez back at the wind rider from Keeneland, by the way, uh, back up on this mount. So that's the horse that I would take a look at at a large price. Cheryl Spite, the number two in the Breeders' Cup mile. Terrific. Justin, you've been awesome. We love having you back on again. I, and, and we were joking earlier about having thousands of people to choose from. We do have a lot of people to choose from. It was and hundreds. Wanna... It was hundreds. It was yeah. hundreds. <laughs> yeah. All right. We have a lot of people to choose from, and we really appreciate you coming on because we know that you deep dive and your great personality. Wish you uh, much success going forward with In the Money Media. We'll definitely have you back on again. Uh, for Pete Visco, Justin Christine, and Paul Halloran from the Saratoga Special, this has been your host, Howard Krabs. We've got one more big show tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to cover the Saturday races like a glove. Get gather the family around. You do not want to miss that show, episode 202, covering Breeders' Cup Saturday. Good luck to everyone out there on Breeders' Cup Friday. Crush all those bets. Have a great night, everyone. Bye-bye.